Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast every relationship begins with you and excuse my voice. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's been, I think it was just a long week of talking because I feel totally fine. My daughter said, Mom, just clear your clear your throat. And I've been clearing my throat. So anyways, but bear with me because this is going to be really, really good today. You know, um, I've been asked the question so many times. Heather, does the narcissist love me? Do they, do they actually love me? Well, you know, I, I, what I want to say is if you have to ask the question, if somebody loves you, I think you have the answer. But I know that's not helpful, right? So, um... I think a better question that I'd like you to ask yourself is this. Um, are your needs getting met? Do you feel valued? Do you feel respected? Do you feel cared for? You know, here's the thing about narcissists. Do they love their children? Yes. But their needs come first. Do they love their partner? Maybe. There's a huge possibility that that's a yes, but their their needs come first. You know, Um, Not all narcissists are, you know, unable to love. Many can love, but it's, it's, but it's not the way we love, right? We love from our heart. It's, it's what we can give and what we can also, you know, give and receive. It's an autonomous and it's a relational thing. It's a narcissist loves, but it's really based on what can they get? What can they receive from you? You know, they want to love. Many of them do. If you didn't listen to my podcast on the four different types of narcissism, I highly recommend you go back. Um, you know, the communal narcissist is probably the one that does have the best chance of loving. Um, the grandiose, eh, not so much. The covert wants to. That's a possible maybe. Um, you know, the um, the the malignant narcissist, no. You know, the psych- that they're borderline psychopath. So, you know, it it really is depends and um and you know there there are when when you think of narcissism it's on a spectrum it really is and the spectrum is broad so you have to decipher you know am i with somebody that's on which end of the spectrum and then you got to go from there and it's hard and i know that but you got to figure out you know are you getting value what you need that's the biggest thing. And here's the thing. Who ends up with um, narcissists a lot? Well, the insecure attachment styles, the codependence, the anxious, preoccupied. Right? So what I want you to remember is that a codependent and an anxious, preoccupied already suffer from many, many anxious ailments. And what happens when they're in a relationship with a narcissist is that just, um, it just, it lights the, the, it's, the narcissist is the match and the codependent is the gas. And before you know it, the codependent and the um, anxious preoccupied, they're on fire. Their brain is literally on fire. Their mind is off the charts insane. It's, you know, so, you know, because even without being in a relationship with a narcissist, they often spend their time thinking about what other people think of them, of their relationships. You know, they're always trying to decipher or often trying to decipher what someone else is thinking, what they're feeling and why. And why is that? Because guess what? Kind of in the way that a narcissist is, so is a codependent, anxious, preoccupied. They're worried about being rejected, about abandoned, being abandoned, right? So now what happens though is that the CD and the anxious, preoccupied become obsessed thinking that they've made a mistake, that something is their fault. 
And they don't want that to happen where the narcissist doesn't want you to find them out. You see that there's, there's such this big difference between the two, right? And here's where it's really crazy is that oftentimes, you know, both are feeling, you know, fearful of being rejected and abandoned, but, but the codependence and the anxious preoccupied, here's the greatest thing for them. They can actually function independently. They can work, they can pay their bills. They don't need the financial help. They don't need the, uh, you know, the, um, the narc in order to be able to live a life and meaning pay their rent, pay their mortgage, buy their food. That's not what it is for them. It's what they need them for is, you know, values, you know, same thing uh, as a narc, the codependent, anxious, preoccupied, they have toxic shame. It's the same. What's interesting is this, is that they can come from the same circumstances, but one becomes a narcissist and one becomes codependent, anxious, preoccupied. I will do a whole um, podcast on that at a different date. But, you know, so what else does the codependent need a lot of the times to be in a relationship? One relationship to the next. They get depressed or lonely if they're alone for too long. Well, guess what that does? That trait makes it very difficult for them to end a relationship, even if it's painful or abusive, you know? And guess what else they have trouble doing? Communicating their thoughts, their feelings, their needs. They're afraid to be truthful because they fear the narc's defensive and abusive reactions when they feel criticized or, or are, you know, asked a question. What do our narcs do best? Well, they manipulate. And each tactic basically slowly erodes the CDs and the AP's um, confidence, self-esteem, um, ability to even function. By the end of these relationships, a lot of these, you know, the insecure attachments are barely functioning. What is the goal of the manipulator? Well, the goal is to gain power and control. Okay, it's to use deceptive um, tactics. Why? Why are they? Why are they using these? Well, they want to continue to dominate. Okay, so it's the, and they're dominating through continuous and emo, um, recurring emotional manipulation, abuse, coercive control. They're very passive aggressive. Narcissists are very passive aggressive. They lie. They may act like they care or they're hurt or they're shocked by your complaints. But all that's doing is they want to deflect any criticism and continue to behave in an unacceptable manner. That's their goal. So in maintaining control to do what they wish, here's what the narc aims to do. One, avoid being confronted. They hate it. They hate it. And they will use their rage against you. They will be put you on the defensive. You might have all the proof in the world that they've done something and they will put you on the defensive. You can bring them proof that they were cheating and they will say to you, why were you looking through my phone? How dare you? It, just ignoring the fact that <laughs> they've been caught. And the reason somebody's looking through their phone is because of their behavior, you know. Anyways, you know, they make you doubt yourself. That's the other aim. They want you to doubt yourself and your perceptions. They want to keep you off balance. Why? They want to avoid responsibility and they do not want to have to change. So eventually what happens, you are very victimized and you're going to lose trust in yourself and your feelings, your perceptions, you know, um, and it just, and, and then when it escalates and keeps escalating, 
you begin to doubt everything in your life. You can't trust yourself anymore. You don't trust yourself to make decisions because why? They're consistently manipulating you to gain power and control, right? Um, you know, and you become this person that you can't recognize. You don't even, even if you were, you know, obviously um, having problems before you were with the narc, with codependency and stuff, this takes it to a whole nother level. I mean, you, the, the, what, what happens is the anger that you will end up feeling and the resentment, it turns to hopelessness and despair. I mean, you have to get, get help. It really is that um, damaging. You know, and, and you just begin, keep getting more reactive because you're being triggered all the time. And you don't, basically don't know which way is up and which way is down. And you're constantly being manipulated. So, you know, it's interesting is that um, you, you, you know, you, you were probably, you knew like you had some symptoms of codependency before you would get with a narc, um, especially the coverts and the malignant. But when you really begin to start um, feeling crazy, it's, I mean, you don't want to get to that point, but if you do, you got to get out. Okay. So here's, these, here's some symptoms of trauma and codependence um, and any anxious attachment style or insecure attachment style, you know, had childhood trauma of some sort. And so there's symptoms of trauma. And what happens is when, when the anxious preoccupied, when the insecure attachment style gets with the narcissist, the symptoms of trauma um, become beyond overwhelming. They were already overwhelming, but now they are just out of control. So what are some of these symptoms? Get out a piece of paper because you're going to want to write this down. Go get the piece of paper, okay? Because this is, if you feel even a few of these, okay, before you were with the narcissist, if you were with the narcissist, eventually this is going to take over your life. So if you were grown, if you grew up in an experienced trauma, um, which is uh, many things. Childhood trauma is m much more than just abuse. It's an enmeshment and it's just many things. Um, I'm sure I have a podcast on it somewhere and I can do another one. If you have any questions, email me. But so symptoms of trauma and these now remember, they increase tenfold when you're with the narc. You're overreacting to triggers. You're going to always, you're all of a sudden, you're really overreacting. You're avoiding thinking, experiencing, or talking about anything that your fear is going to trigger the reaction. You start to feel hopeless. You're avoiding activities you once enjoyed. You might even start experiencing memory lapses. You're for sure going to have difficulty concentrating. What's the anxious preoccupied? It means that you're feeling anxious and you're preoccupied with the, the relationship. Many people leave work because they can't even concentrate. Um, you will have maintained, you already have, you know, possibly di difficulty maintaining close relationships. When you are with the narcissist, it's going to be really hard to maintain your relationships. You're going to feel irritable and angry. 
probably very overwhelmed by guilt or shame. You're going to start behaving in a self-destructive manners. Um, if you're already easily frightened and startled, which that is one of my main symptoms of my tra traumatic background. I mean, I, the slightest thing that surprises me, I jump out of my skin and I'm pretty damn I'm healed I'm considered very healed but I still that startle response is huge um you will actually become so hyper vigilant you'll be excessively a fearing abandonment you might even start seeing or hearing things that aren't there right because you're so overwhelmed by the gaslighting um you could even go into apathy which is you're numb, you're emotionally flat, you just detach from other people, events, and life. You just become so conditioned to the abuse and the trauma. Um, you might even feel depersonalized, meaning a loss of self cut off from your body in the environment, like you're going through the emotions. You could have start having dreams and nightmares about your past, about right now. Um, usually what will happen is... Um, you will have, you know, if you had a narcissistic parent and you're with a narcissist, you'll start having dreams about that narcissistic parent and whatever you went through with them. You might even experience intense insomnia. And most likely, if you are pretty anxious already, get ready for the panic attacks to come on. Oh, sounds like freaking fun, huh? Right? No. No. It's, you know, what I want you to understand is it's not going to just get better on its own. It, you're not going to just heal on your own at this point. It, you need to seek help. Okay? This is serious. This is, your health is at risk. Not just your mental health, your physical health. The stress, disease will come on. I mean, it's, you, you are living um, in flight, fight, or response all the time. Cortisol is just being dumped in your blood. Adrenals are being overrun. I mean, your amygdala is on fire. This is not the way you are meant to live. If you're ready to get a new life, if you're ready to say no more, you know, reach out to me. Set up that free call that, you know, and say, Heather, what, what do I need to do? You know, I'm gonna, um, I'm about to um, run my group course, How to Unlock Your Attachment Style. Um, here, probably the week of February, the second week of February, I'm going to start it again. And you want to get in that course. Trust me, you want to get in that course. Um, because it's it's a, it's it's how to unlock your attachment style. And there's so much healing in there. Um, I'm going to have um, some great testimonials from um, people that just did it with me. It's just incredible. You do not have to stay stuck in these relationships you don't have to do it you can take your power back you can take your life back you need to say yes now that you are aware you got to make the decision and you can do it you can do it you can do it i believe in you thank you for tuning in to relationship rescue the podcast every relationship begins with you and that is the truth Oh my gosh, it's so the truth. Every single relationship that you have in your life begins with you. Until next time, bye-bye.